What's up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of Berluminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. And this is Jake. And welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about celebrity worship and its effect on your... Everybody. Yeah. Brain, on everybody. Brain stems. Well, I think... Well, I mean, I think we're also going to push it a little further from just the like general what is the deal with celebrity worship and yeah. push a little bit into the mental health effects, right? So we're going to tie it back to our first two episodes where we talked very heavily about mental health. And this is going to be focused too on not only the mental health of people worshiping celebrities, but what it's like from the other side, Both of sides, yeah. the mental health of celebrities being worshiped. Absolutely. And, right. and a little bit of history of celebrity, you know, where that came from, how it started. Yeah. Some like Julius Caesar shit oh, or yeah. something. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh before we jump into that and start talking about, you know, celebrity worship and everything that comes along with that, as always, let's talk about some beer. So Jake, what are you drinking? All right. So I went with a brewery I have never heard of before, which I found at uh my local bottle shop, pharmacy. Big fan of a uh, pharmacy. And uh this is a Double IPA uh, called Back Off War Child, which do you know what movie that's from? Uh, no. Point Break. Uh, so War Child is Anthony Kiedis oh, from Red Hot Chili oh, Peppers shit. in Point Break. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, fir- the original. The Fist is him punching Keanu Reeves from the original Point Break. Oh, man. That's the, yeah, that's where this comes from. The original Point Break is a legendary movie. It, it, one I of the best movies movie. of all time. It, yeah. it, it always reminds me of like, I don't know, this is, I make such weird connections when it comes to stuff like this. I'm but, here for it. Um, You know the movie Hot Fuzz? Sure, yeah. Yeah, with like uh, Simon Pegg and yeah, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Blanking, but go for it. Yeah. A- anyway, there's like the, the fat buddy cop. Yeah. I, I can never remember that actor's name which sucks because he's such a great actor and he's been in tons of good shit nick frost yeah yes nick frost god i i feel so he's bad amazing for, for nick frost right now um <laughs> but um he doesn't feel bad for you don't worry about it. <laughs> probably not um but in that movie his character is so funny because he's always asking simon pegg's character if he knows about like uh movies and he talks about like bad boys too bad boys and bad boys right too, yeah and, yeah it's but been a while since I've seen that. Yeah. Right. But there's this one part where he doesn't name Point Break, but he does say to Simon Peck's character, he's like, Have you ever jumped through the air and fallen on your back and then turned around and <laughs> shot your gun in the air and yelled, Ah. <laughs> and, then, and then Simon Peck's character is like, No, I've never jumped through the air and shot my gun and then rolled on my back and shot my gun in the air and yelled, Ah. Amazing. But that's like one of that. Yeah. That's that like scene yeah. of Keanu Reeves where he's chasing um, Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah. And they're going through that whole Johnny like, Utah. His knee gives yeah, up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He jumps off of the um, the LA drainage river. ditch yeah. thing. Yeah, it's the L.A. River. He jumps down into it. Is that yeah. a river? Because it's like this big, like concrete. That is the L.A. River. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's a gigantic concrete drainage ditch. They call oh, okay. it the L.A. River, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's chaining him, and he jumps off the yep. drainage ditch thing. 
and Connor Reeves' character hurts his knee, and yep. then Patrick Swayze's character gets to the other side, climbs the fence, turns around and looks at him, and Keanu Reeves' Ronald character Reagan looks mask. at him, and he's yeah. just like, I can't shoot you. We're too good of friends, and then yeah. Keanu, and then Patrick Swayze's character gets away, and then Keanu Reeves turns around and shoots his gun in the air and goes, ah, yeah. and then I always think about that scene. That's the, that's the moment when he realizes it's actually Patrick Swayze, I think, is right uh, yeah, a I minute before, so. a little bit before that, yeah. Yeah, but I always think about that scene. Like, when I think about Point Break and I and like I never think about Anthony Caceres's character or any of yeah. the other minor I don't even think Flea's about in it and those are, yeah. yeah which yeah. Flea was like that like having Red Hot Chili Peppers in yeah. movies was such a huge thing at that time because there was another movie with um the oh, Charlie Sheen yeah it, they it had Charlie Sheen and it had Flea. the girl from um I think it was the the girl from was it the girl from Happy Gilmore I think so. And Flea Maybe. drove a gigantic like monster truck. Bronco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he like flipped it on the highway. And yes. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The chase. Yes. It was that movie. Yeah. That's a great movie where they drive like that 90s red BMW and then the girl falls in love with Charlie right. Sheen's character yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. What a 90s moment that was. Yeah. yeah. My favorite scene of, uh, of Point Break is when they're on stakeout. And he sends Keanu Reeves to get him uh, sandwiches. And he's like, Utah, give me two, two. And that's like, was that Gary Busey? Yeah, Gary Busey, man. It's Gary Busey is the best. He's did you, so crazy. Did you know that Gary Busey has a new TV show? No, but I want to watch it immediately. You guys are not going to believe this shit. <laughs> so Gary Busey's new quote unquote new TV show. Yeah, He is the pet judge what yeah it's like, like people a, having disputes with their pets it's like a courtroom show wow where gary Busey is the judge what? and it's pet court what what is this airing on? Where, where did you <laughs> I, find don't, this? I don't know what i don't know it sounds just, like something <laughs> i came up on with like like a fever dream while on metamucil or something like no, what is this I, I i don't know i just know gary wow. Busey has a show where he is the pet judge Okay. And it's like pet court. Anyway, uh, what else about uh your beer? I like it. It's 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 a little strong. Like it um a lot of double IPAs uh when they get kind of hazyish, they don't have uh like that kick in the back end. Yeah, they get kind of just sort of like skunky. Yeah. And syrupy almost kind of. This definitely like doesn't have that. So it's um Definitely enjoyable. These guys are from down in Charleston, I believe. Yeah, Charleston, South Carolina. So we're kind of, oh, okay. uh, you know, last episode we went to Minnesota and now we're going south. I like it. I would love to see. I've heard of Revelry before, but I haven't seen any of their stuff in, in stores anywhere. Yeah. Um, I can't say I, I've heard of them before. And I love Charleston. I used to go down there a lot. I haven't been down there in years. But, I mean, non-COVID, it's one of my favorite spots to go. So oh, like, really? I would love to like head down there, check out some breweries. You know what I mean? I haven't really been down. How far, there. How far is that from here? It's almost exactly four hours. Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad at all. We'll do that. Non-COVID, we'll go down there. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm into it. I would drink one of these. I'd drink a couple of them. Um, they're they're pretty tasty. I'd love to see what else they're doing just based on this. Okay. Um, the tongue-in-cheek bag-off war child with no explanation at all. I mean, just waves and a fist with some blood on it. You'd have to know the... You would have to, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because when it, 
when I was buying this, I held it up to the guy who was behind the counter and I go, ha ha, war child. And he just like stared at you like he had no idea. Yeah. He's like, sure. I would have had no clue either. Yeah. I would have been like, I sick. And I'm like, I'll walk my 42 year old self out of this building <laughs> and not think about this again. You know? Nice. So, yeah. All right. So you are drinking something that looks like the oil that came out of the bottom of my car when I first bought it. 100%. (laughs) So what I am drinking is not typical for me. This beer has been in my fridge for a while. A while. I have been putting off drinking this beer for I honestly don't know how long. And is this something I brought over a long time ago or have you had this? No, I think I like randomly saw it and was like, Ooh, all looks right. Like, it looks like a pharmacy tag. Like, yeah, I think so. And unfortunately the pharmacy tag is like half over the name of this beer. <laughs> so I'll, Oh, it's on the side. All right. Not, all right. Not so bad. Uh, but so what I am drinking is a beer called something so sincere 2020 which we are now in 2021. Uh, But it is an imperial stout. It is named on the front as a chocolate churro stout. And it said it is a beer brewed with cocoa nibs, vanilla, cinnamon, and sea salt. And it is brewed by Casita Brewing Company from Wilson, North Carolina, which Wilson is maybe... 30 minutes or so east of Raleigh. And basically I don't know anything about Wilson except there's uh, some people I don't like who are from there (laughs) and a metric fuck ton of all of the cats that my wife's cat rescue rescues come from that area. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this can is a one pint like usual it's just a normal aluminum can with a stick on sticker on it. And it's the front of it. it, It's weird. So it's like a, it's like a Brown on the side of the label with like a weird kind of khaki tan. And then there's this big red circle in the middle and it says something so sincere 2020. And then there's five cartoon churros in the middle of it. Those are definitely churros. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't really give like a description of what it's supposed to taste like other than that. It's a chocolate churro stout. It's 11% ABV. And the, if I didn't know the ABV, I would have known this shit was heavy from the second I poured it out because it poured like straight up (laughs) fucking syrup. I mean, this, this shit is black. There is no seeing around. seeing through this it is so dark even the bubbles are like the color of hot chocolate oh yeah yeah extremely dark extremely heavy extremely syrupy it's la brea tar pit level yeah it is full-on la brea tar pit but when i first took a sip of it and i shared a little bit of it uh that was left in the bottom of the can with jake it hits your mouth and you're just like oh (laughs) yeah all right I was expecting something that was going to like full on Rochambeau me with like booze. No, not even. And I don't, there is not a super heavy booziness to this. Like I would expect out of an Imperial stout. Yeah. Like maybe if they would have like bourbon barrel aged this or something, which you you would, wouldn't be unusual for something like this, but it sits really well with what it is. Yeah. And the more it, quote unquote heats up. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely getting more 
like complexity in the flavor out of it, which I mean, I've probably had this out of the can 30 minutes and it's 45 degrees in my garage right now. So fairly (laughs) ideal temperature, but I mean, this beer is still much colder uh, than 45 degrees. I don't feel like I get a lot of cinnamon. I don't feel like I get a lot of sea salt. Yeah. So I didn't get any salt out of it. I'm really, really kind of missing where the churro part is in this. Yeah. Maybe if it warms up a bit more. Yeah. I mean, if they just said it was like a black and white stout. Yeah. Or like a dark chocolate stout. Like it it very much has like like a German chocolate cake kind of stout feeling to it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't get any like brown sugar or any coconut or anything yeah. like that out of it. But I mean, there's very clearly a fuck ton of chocolate in this. And I wouldn't say it's like a chocolate stout too, because with the vanilla and the cinnamon and the sea salt, yeah, it takes a little bit of that like chocolate forty ishness out of it. Like you can definitely get some of that not really vanilla but you can just tell that this is like chocolate but it's not a chocolate stout there's something else in it right it's not churro-y like there's no bread to it you know what i mean yeah but it's like when i smell it 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 definitely has that very stouty kind of smell to it but you can tell that it's more of like a sweeter heavier kind of smell and then when i taste it i mean (laughs) I can just, as the warmer it gets, the more I can get some of that sea salt, but I'm yeah. not getting any cinnamon. Yeah. Very little of the vanilla. It's like if you made a beer out of like 99% cacao dark chocolate. That's which what I, I get. Which I love. Which which, so great. it's that yeah. very like not sweet chocolate. Right. You know what I mean? That almost like bitter chocolate. Yeah. This tastes just like extremely bitter chocolate base. Like a bar of super high super high cacao. Yeah. Chocolate bar. Which I'm very into. Like it, would you yeah. does this make it appealing? Would you want a second one of these or is this kind of like eh cuz I know this isn't your jam. So Yeah, I mean, but I do really like chocolate stouts. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not big into, like, oatmeal stouts or milk stouts or some of that other weird stuff. But when it comes to, like, chocolate stouts, I'm very flexible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, my number one favorite chocolate stout is Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. But that's because it basically tastes like chocolate milk beer. Oh, yeah. And I love the fuck out of it. Even when I think about chocolate milk, like, there's something to be said about dark chocolate milk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when I go to Caribou and and, the, and I'm like, I want a Voltaire. And they're like, well, what kind of chocolate do you want in it? I like have to have a debate with myself. Do I want milk or do I want dark? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And to me, it's like Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout is like the milk chocolate stout. Yeah. And this is the dark chocolate stout. Yeah. See, for me, there's no debate. I would I would go dark every time. Yeah. I see. I always want to go milk. Like, so we have an espresso and we make lattes every single morning. And we're, and my wife already had a thing of Hershey's special dark chocolate syrup in our fridge. And I was like, fuck that. (laughs) I need the milk chocolate syrup to make my fancy pants ass latte every morning. But yeah, like, liberal. I, (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely drink this beer again. Yeah. 
I would not drink more than one in a row. Oh, well, yeah. You know, you wouldn't be able to make it upstairs. By the time we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to be fucking crushed. I would have to carry you up to the the second floor. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I don't see the churro. I feel like that's a little bit misleading. Yeah. But if you would like a really tasty, like I would say this is very tasty. It's very drinkable. It's not overly boozy. They make a few really good stouts. Yeah, have you yeah, yeah. have you had these guys before? I have. I had something from them before, and and I'm blanking on what it was, but I it was uh, it was a it was a dark stout with some vanilla in it or something, and and I remember it being very good. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, this to me is probably one of it's probably the best and most drinkable stout I've had. Okay. Uh, in a while, and I mean that's probably not really including the four stouts that we've had recently from trophy. Oh yeah. Cause like yeah. the horchata stout and the Milky way, they're just a totally kind of different, different yeah. realm from different this. animal. But if you like a really heavy, really syrupy type, very dense flavor, but still like a tad bit sweet kind of yeah, stouts. This is it. Yeah. Uh, I would not count on the cinnamon or the sea salt or the vanilla. Yeah. If you go into this not thinking it's going to be a churro stout, but thinking it's going to be like <laughs> if you just ignore an the entire <laughs> labeling experience of this beer. Yeah, they should have just put a big ninety nine percent on the front of this. Sure. And then yeah. been like dark chocolate AF. Yeah. Like just it, like that Trader Joe's ninety nine percent cacao chocolate bar. Yes. Ninety seven percent. Basically, if you took Trader Joe's ninety nine percent dark chocolate cacao chocolate bar and turned it into a beer, this is it. All right. Fair enough. So if you go into this thinking that and not churro, you will be extremely satisfied. Yeah. I and, and I like both. So, I mean, you know, I would like to taste it if it was a churro. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's the, that's the only thing to me that's a little bit of a let Like a little is, off-putting, yeah. Is, yeah, is like, I wish this had just said dark chocolate. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted it to be much more churro-y. Yeah, I mean, is. they probably dumped a bunch of cinnamon in it and expected it to carry through, and it just didn't. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, Yeah. but I feel like they should have renamed it at the end. But I guess with the FDA and um, ATF and stuff, they they can't really do that. They have to register recipes ahead of time and all that kind of shit. So they probably came up the recipe and goes, this is going to be a churro stout. Registered it with them, made it, and then was like, well, this doesn't take any, taste anything like a fucking churro. I guess we I wish suck. I knew more about that whole process. We should we should like do an episode on that whole process. I had to do it for the vape company that I am. Really, it, it's a metric fucking pain in the dick. Okay, it's horrible. Trying to deal with them is hard. We should do that. Like, uh, I'll go over to like Bond Brothers and interview one of the guys there and like ask him about it or something. Yeah, we should do the same thing. With That'd training. be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah. trophy. It's like like yeah. these FDA fucks showed up at my house one time. Really? Yeah. Like because of vape. Yeah. And you're just like, look at my dope clouds. And they're like, that doesn't work. You have no. to actually talk to us. I had to show them proof that I'd sold my company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Taxes. Yeah. No, but yeah, <laughs> no, they're a bunch of dickheads and it super sucks. And like, I feel bad for any company or any industry that has to go either through ATF or through the FDA because it's trash. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's really horrible. This whole labeling and registering your products thing. Yeah. And it's, it's a terrible, time-consuming, expensive, and very not forgiving process. Yeah. Like if these guys had been able to come back and renamed this something else, they probably would have. But by the time they got this through the FDA, 
they were probably locked into this labeling and this oh, name yeah. and everything, and they could they couldn't go back. They couldn't change it if they wanted to. I don't know if it's still this way, but like beer companies, you used to have to like there was like one guy in the government who approved labels for for beer bottles. And this is like a whole thing. There was an article, I think it was in the Atlantic years ago. And it was like, there's one dude, one old guy. I doubt it's like this. Anyway. this there's got to be more because ago, with you know? every brewery yeah. releasing new shit. Yeah, I mean, this was like 15, 20 years ago. And it, it was, it every label had to go through this one dude. And he always had like nitpicky BS to like deal with. And it, people, yeah. there was like a response where people started doing like blank labels and like all this weird stuff, you know? Yeah, there was this whole movement that came out for a while called white labeling. Yeah. And that was a thing. And basically it was to get through the FDA, they would basically just make this blank white label with a blank slate of all the shit they wanted on it. And then they would just stamp the name of whatever it was on it. So there was no branding really. It was just like white label, all the info, and it was a government shit. It it didn't have anything to do. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And yeah. And so it's tough here because it's like every time you guys go out, to the bottle shop or you go to a brewery and they just released a new special edition beer, you know, you guys probably get excited of what it is or not excited because you're not interested in that beer. But what you don't see is in the background, there was weeks, if not months of developing yeah. the label, getting oh, yeah. it, you know, submitting the recipe to the FDA, getting the label approved, getting the recipe approved, all of the shit. And then they can finally come back and put a can in your hand. It's dumb. Goofy. Yep. But the beer is good. Yep. Yep. Very good. I would go back. All right. All right. All right. So let's jump ahead. Let's go ahead. So celebrity worship. We're so, in the church of, <laughs> of celebrity. Yeah. Celebritos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I imagine myself like looking at the the album cover to that Inter Shikari album where it has that giant oh. neon cross on the front. Yep. And I'm just like, this is the church of metal. Who, <laughs> who, who, who do you think was like the first celebrity you really kind of connected with? Connected in what way? In like, because like you being thought a, was the coolest, like that you were like kind of enamored with. Oh man, I hate when you ask me these kind of questions. Yeah, but you got to answer. Um, okay, so uh, I'm gonna say from an action movies perspective, probably Bruce Willis, and the first actress that I was super in love with was Julia Roberts. Those are pretty solid answers. That's pretty awesome. Where where, where did Julia Roberts come from? What movie? Pretty Woman. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like, I, it doesn't matter how mature <laughs> <laughs> Julia Roberts gets; she looks like what's her name from Pretty Woman to me. Yeah, yeah. She will always look like that to me, always and forever. Fair. Fair. Hottest actress in the world. Period. And Bruce Willis is pretty solid too. I mean, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah. like, I mean, he was like I'm, a real action hero. I mean, I'm an '80s baby. So it's like, I mean, yeah. you think about the movies that were coming out at the time. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a little bit of like Michael Keaton going on with like the Batman and stuff that, like that. I think that was mine. But yeah. there was a lot more of like Die Hard and, yeah. you know, and well, maybe like some Harrison Ford probably too with like the Indiana Jones, the Star Wars, the, 
you know, uh, he did all those like weird mid nineties movies where it was like, uh, yeah. air force one. And you know, you know, you yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like all those weird oh, movies, Han Solo. Like, yeah. A, yeah. I think Bruce Willis was probably mine because like in a big way, because I remember watching moonlighting with my parents where the, he, with the, Cher. Was it? No, it wasn't Cher. Was it like, no, it was like, there um, was an episode of moonlighting that he did with Cher where it was, I believe she basically was basically a modern, uh, it was like a modern rendition of taming of the shrew, the Shakespeare, uh, play. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a moonlighting episode. My parents had recorded on VHS. It was Bruce Willis and Cher That's because awesome. before Bruce Willis, um, he was like, uh, I, I want to say, I remember people before Bruce Willis got into die hard. Right. And, and there's a whole documentary about this. It's very funny. So before Bruce Willis got into Die Hard, he was he was the guy on Moonlighting. Yeah. And Moonlighting was like a made for TV lifetime yeah. chick flicks. It's like thing. him and Sybil Shepherd, and they were doing like romantic detective. Yeah, work. and it was yeah. all this like romantic, yeah, good good boy, hot underwear type stuff. It was those novels that were going that were blown up at the time. Yep. Too. Yeah, and nobody wanted Bruce Willis for John McClane and nobody wanted Alan Rickman for uh, Hans yeah. Gruber. I could see that. I mean, because he, was, he wasn't really a known person at the well, time. Yeah. He wasn't. He'd never done anything filmed. Alan Rickman was purely stage. Yeah. So it was, it was weird. This movie came out, you know, in the late 80s or whatever it was. At the same time as stuff like Skyscraper and all that kind of stuff was coming out. These like, you know, the the buildings on fire type movies. You know yeah. what I mean? They were, they were like this like real life horror almost kind of situation. And then all of a sudden this movie came out with this, you're putting the pretty face underwear guy from Moonlighting and this no name Broadway yeah. stage guy as the leads in this weird cop takes on a you know terrorist bank heist building movie what right and then it's die hard you know to us yeah, now yeah. we're like it's fucking die hard this movie rocks you know what i mean but like at the time it was very confusing to people they were they didn't know what to do with it so uh, according to mental floss magazine the first person who was given dibs at the role of john mcclain was frank sinatra he turned it down, I yeah. think, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, obviously he did because Bruce Willis. He was, was like 50, 60. 73. He was like, yeah, yeah, at the time. Bizarre. Could you imagine Frank Sinatra? Like, I mean, that'd probably be cool. Being John McClane at like 70. Yeah, but he's like 73. He's supposed to have like a little kid. Like, what? <laughs> I have a machine gun now. Right. Ho, 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 ho. ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then apparently the offer went to like Schwarzenegger and Stallone before it yeah. hit Bruce Willis. The, yeah. Because they were going yeah. after this like traditional action movie. Because yeah. like at the time it was a lot of like Rocky and Total Recall. Yeah. You know, and all that kind of stuff. They wanted like an action guy. Yeah. That's who the. the um, yeah, of course. The, the studio was like, action guys, action guys, get me the big muscly guy, the big mm -hmm. thing. And then the producer's like, no, 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 we want to do a different kind of action yeah. movie. And they almost... Frank the movie, Sinatra. The movie almost got <laughs> shut down because yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and lo and behold, here we are a million years later and it's the biggest Christmas movie ever. So... Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> care the who best you one. are. You yeah. can fight me all day long. <laughs> I will never back down off my hill of that. Die Hard is the best <laughs> Christmas movie ever made.
Yeah. Yeah. What what is that your favorite Bruce Willis movie? Period. Die no. Hard? No. What's no. your favorite? Uh Fifth Element. See, that's pretty solid. I think I think I go back and forth between Fifth Element and Twelve Monkeys. I'm just not a huge Twelve Monkeys fan. Really? Yeah, I don't like Wrong those. Uh, well, I don't like those like cerebral crazy house type movies. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. Like I really love Jack Nicholson, but I really, really hate One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, it's a great movie. Because books, the book's a lot better, but I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. Well, my, one of my like personal like but he's better in a lot of the other other movies. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, going back to Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson as Joker. I mean, Jack yeah. Nicholson and I mean everything he's ever done. He's just so amazing. But these like cerebral type movies where it's like very rooted in real life. And there's this like cracking of mentality and memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, that's a real thing that happens to people. And then with one flew over the cuckoo's nest, he had the option to get away, but then he didn't. And then they lobotomized him. Yeah. That's the kind of real life rooted terror that my brain just like just can't do yeah Yeah. because like one of my biggest fears is like getting dementia sure yeah i can understand. like i have an unreasonable fear of forgetting because i have an unreasonable fear of like this idea of continuity okay yeah you know what i mean yeah and so like movies like that I kind of can't deal with and so like i watched 12 monkeys once but i was just like i can't deal with this did you ever watch memento yeah How'd that go? I didn't like it. Yeah, I can't imagine that you would. <laughs> no, I can't imagine I, I that you would. I didn't like it. Um, and like even, this is going to sound so silly, but like even um, 50 First Dates, I have a hard time with uh, that. I have a hard time with that movie because Drew Barrymore's character forgets every night oh, in that 10 and second Adam Tom. Sandler, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, okay. okay yeah, 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 and then um, the 10 oh, second Oh, the boats Tom. and the, they're in Hawaii or whatever. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah she gets in like a car accident and can't remember anything. That's so right. So every yeah. day she goes to sleep, she wakes up and she still oh, thinks it's like 1994. Don't they have a kid at the end and like it's all bizarre and they're on a boat and he's like, hey, every morning. like Yeah, she has a videotape she has to watch. It's a real like reminder. Yeah. That's weird because she has like a kid at that point that they had years ago. And- yeah. And they're on like a boat in Alaska. Yeah. And there's like this other character, 10 second Tom, who every 10 seconds he can't remember anything. So he's always like, hi, I'm Tom. Like, like, uh, like Dory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, but crazy. it's like, I think about that kind of stuff and I'm just like, that is just like mind bending and heartbreaking to me because yeah. like, there's a person here in North Carolina and I'll, ha- I'll have to find the information about it. But basically she, uh, there's a girl who's in high school and she was a competitive uh, track runner athlete. Yeah. And during a track event, she and another runner collided Ooh. and the other runner was totally fine. And this girl developed some kind of very abnormal brain damage where now yeah. she can't remember uh, anything, oh. and I don't remember what the time frame is for when yeah. she forgets. But but I she mean, can't like develop new memories. Yeah, that's really rare. But it, like it happens, and that's horrible. Man. Yeah, and like that kind of thing, like is just like it's like terror inducing. Yeah, me. it's so scary, and it and and to me, it's like so sad. I used to I used to, to work like, with these kids who had a um this like life limiting disorder called San Filippo syndrome. And it's a type of MPS, which is a thing called mucopolysaccharidosis, which is a 
a really not fun disease for kids. And yeah, uh, I think you've told me a little bit. A little bit yeah, so San Filippo is the is a type that they some people have called it like childhood Alzheimer's, where these kids have basically like yeah, yeah they're yeah. eight years old and they like develop the thousand yard stare and can't like hold on to these memories and thoughts because the way it attacks their brain. Yeah, it's just terrifying. Like I used to see these kids and hang out with them all the time, and it was just. Scary, scary stuff. Yeah, because I think you told me there's like a spectrum of this type of there disease. Is, yeah. And basically, it's, you're somewhere on the gamut of your body completely fails, but your brain is fine, or your yeah. brain totally fails, but your body's fine. Yep. Yeah. Basically, the whole run of it. Yeah. And both of those things are just so scary to there's me. There's no good part of being on it at all. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's really tough stuff. Like, I feel like I have a hard time being fairly normal like i have our time imagining general (laughs) yeah what it would be like to have like a life debilitating disorder or you know what i mean like well like you were saying the idea of having you know something like alzheimer's where you have like memory issues it's it's very scary it's a very scary thing because it it affects your day-to-day operations essentially you know Yeah. yeah and like there's lots of stuff that can happen to people just on like a normal circumstance that can cause problems like um PTSD, anxiety, yeah. depression, uh, chronic pain can cause really weird side effects in your brain. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's all kind of stuff that can happen that can kind of just throughout your life can kind of like break your grasp with reality, break yeah. your grasp with time, with continuity, with memory retention. It's a scary thing. Yeah, it's all very scary. And like, it, you know, if you've never experienced something like that, it's hard to kind of quantify for you. But like... Yeah, you know, just imagine not being sh- sure. It's, you know, yeah. you know I what I mean about really... about anything that you're experiencing, and that's kind of like where it kind of goes. But anyway, yeah, let's get into. We kind of ran off on a little tangent there, but let's get into this celebrity worship thing. So, like I normally ask, where do we start? <laughs> so let's basically start. Uh, I don't know, like five thousand years ago. Okay. Uh, I guess as good a place as are any. we starting with the pharaohs? Yeah, exactly. Jesus and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, not Jesus yet, but like the pharaohs Jesus would be two thousand and twenty-one years ago. Yeah, right? yeah, theoretically. And so, essentially, <laughs> theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> so, in ancient G- in ancient Egypt, uh, the pharaohs were basically gods on earth who were worshipped directly. So people would gather around them, and they thought that pharaohs were direct representations of gods, but on earth. They were Egyptian Kanye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the good albums. And uh, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> so, so when pharaohs died, what they thought was essentially the pharaoh would become a god. So, okay. you know, Bob, who's the pharaoh. Bob the pharaoh. Bob the pharaoh drops dead. Uh, they stick him in a hole in the ground with all of his worldly possessions. Well, don't they mummify him and then put him in a tomb? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they hook they hook his brain out through they, his nose. They and, grab like 9 million slaves to build a giant Yeah, and like, then also pyramid. bury a bunch of those slaves alive with the guy because he needs, serv- well, he needs servants in the future. A giant brick fell on top of Billy Bob the slave. I guess he's just going to be buried with Bob the Pharaoh. Yeah, like they don't... They don't Oops. really 100% know like if they told these guys that or like what the situation was and like from the look of how it all operated back then it was probably like hey just go down in here and wait 
and you'll be reborn with the Pharaoh as his direct oh. right-hand man. And so they would just go into the tomb and starve to death. We're not saying construction workers killed on the job. We're saying they would like lock people into the tomb right. and just be like, well, our Pharaoh's going to need uh, servants in the afterlife. So, And it didn't seem like... Uh, there you like, go. Yeah, and it wasn't so much like a, hey, can you run in there and grab that? And then they shut the door really fast. <laughs> it was more like you're gonna have a you're gonna have afterlife eternal of awesomeness if you just go sit there and starve to death with this dead body. Oh, that sounds horrible. So yeah, so I mean could you imagine, imagine yeah. yourself <laughs> with no education, poor as fuck, a slave having yeah. worked your whole life, and then they're like, When you go, go into the afterlife, there. it's gonna be super sick. If you starve to death in this tomb. Well, and, and the way it all worked, they were probably into it. You know, they're probably like, Oh, probably okay. they probably yeah. were like, I'm not gonna say brainwashed, but they believed that it wasn't if, brainwashed. It was just the way their system was at the time, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, the Egyptians worshiped hundreds of different gods. Um, basically kind of like, how we are with all these different celebrities. They had hundreds of gods and each of the Egyptian gods, rainbow, right? They all had their like own little <laughs> jobs. You know, some of them made rainbows, some of them made boats, whatever they did their thing. It, it's so evident of how much they worshiped all these different gods and all these different things that the guy who's commonly referred to as the worst Pharaoh of all time was this guy named Akhenaten who spent his time as Pharaoh trying to basically convert all the Egyptians over to monotheism and force them all to worship a 10, which is a personification of the actual disc of the sun. That circle of the sun, that's Aten. And that's the dude we're going to worship from now on. F these hundreds of other gods that you've been worshiping. We just want to do that guy. And so collectively, Egypt was like, F this guy. Uh, negative. Yeah. They're not sure if he was immediately murdered. But <laughs> <laughs> he was probably pretty quickly fucked. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he wasn't buried in any sort of Pharaoh way, even though he was a Pharaoh. They basically found him in a shallow ditch and Oof. all of his ideas were quickly struck down. Like, so how did they know that he wasn't Billy Bob the slave? Well, so there was basically like one little blip in the hieroglyphic records that was just kind of like, uh, we this buried dude up for, over here. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, listen, we screwed up and we're not going to screw up again. And here's the reason, you know, so the Egyptian Illuminati decided they're not going to fuck up and elect dipshits like this guy again. Right. Exactly. They probably like put a golden ass on his ass and then Stuck him in a dick ditch or something, you know. So. <laughs> Stuck him in a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna jump right into like the monarchy, like royalty. Okay. And so much like Egyptians, for a big chunk of history, the rulers rulers of Britain were basically the kings and the queens of those times. Are, are we skipping over like ancient Greece and Rome, and yeah, Italy and yeah. stuff like that? Basically, because a lot of those were like monotheistic religions and stuff. So I'm I'm illustrating celebrity, you know. Okay. With monarchy, before celebrities really emerged in the 1700s, people followed along closely with marriages, babies, and all of that stuff for monarchy. So there was, yes, the king and queen, but then there were dukes, duchesses, dipshits in charge of local like areas. So for you plebs out there, if right. you have watched the recent explosion of a show that has just dominated Netflix over the last yeah. like couple of months, 
Bridgerton. Oh yeah, that one. Imagine that, but yeah. actually real. And the, what's the other one? Uh, the Crown. That's a big one. The Crown. Yeah. The other one that I like to think of is uh, Versailles. If yes. you've ever watched that show, yeah. because that whole situation in France with Louis the Fourteenth when they were building Versailles, like that yeah. whole situation of like them being like basically taking all the money from the whole country and living in this giant palace in Versailles and basically like doing drugs, fucking each other and bowing down to the king. That was like it. That that shit 100% real. You know, it's fair. My wife and I went to Paris and we were like, oh my God, let's go down to Versailles. Oh, fuck shit. And we (laughs) were like, this is going to be awesome. Let's just check it out and see how crazy it is. You can save yourself a bunch of money by going to Biltmore House and then just imagining (laughs) it was like 10 times bigger. So, well, so we go to get on the, we get on the Metro and we're going, we're going to go to Versailles okay. and it's all closed because Kanye is marrying a Kardashian. Oh my God. So essentially like the whole history of Versailles was just repeated, but with Kanye in place instead of, oh my of God. Prince, you know? <laughs> That's and I was just, just like, so ludicrous I was like, me. I guess this makes sense. So, and that was the thing where like, Actually I don't know. It does kind of make sense. Yeah. We go to see Versailles and you can't because another celebrity right. God is there getting married to another celebrity. God. Right. And, like, and that was the, that right. was the thing that hit the news where like Will Smith's kid dressed up in an all white Batman costume to go to the wedding. <laughs> I don't know if you saw <laughs> this, know. but it's super I bizarre. That. He just, he put on an all white Batman costume to go to Kanye's wedding. Wasn't there somebody recently who dressed up in an all brown Batman costume? Who's that? God, I hope so. I don't know. There was. The, okay. It went around the internet for a while. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. I'll, I'll find it. I'm, I'm going to make myself a note to look up the brown Batman <laughs> costume because <laughs> yeah. this shit was ridiculous. So monarchy was such like a goofy thing and like it was everywhere. I mean, it still is. I mean, we still have a queen out there. Yeah, you know? she don't do anything, but you know. Not really. Do. Yeah. The queen now is the same queen as the queen from the crown. Just in case yeah. any of y'all out there don't know that. Yeah. Young queen, yeah, same is one. now current day old queen, yeah, just you know, so y'all know she old now, so <laughs> she a boss now, but <laughs> she old. <laughs> so so way back like pre and during Renaissance and stuff, there was uh you know the kings established this thing called prima nocta. Do you know what that is? No. So prima, I haven't heard that one. Okay, so prima nocta is a thing where basically. The king of the land has the right to deflower any virgin on her wedding night. Okay, yes. I okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Braveheart? Is this Braveheart? Yes. Yeah. So I sometimes know that a thing exists, yeah. but I don't know the technical term. No worries. It's, so if you said, Do you remember that scene from Braveheart yeah. where the king came down and was like, uh, yeah. hey Mel Gibson, I'm gonna bang your wife? I would have been like, Yes. Yeah. I do know. And then you were like, Did you know that's called Prima Nocta? Right. I'd be like, Nope. Sure don't. <laughs> right. So, yeah, exactly. So th- that's the name of it. So, okay. Uh, okay. There's some argument whether or not it actually existed. Uh, well, no. I feel, I feel like that seems it, like a, a thing that probably definitely de- could have existed. It definitely existed. The argument is whether or not Kings took advantage of it. They yeah. There's no actual written evidence that I've seen digging into this a little bit where Kings jumped in and were like, let me bang that virgin. Well, because you know? I, I'm at, okay. Ask yourself this question. Yeah, you are the king of an entire country, right? You're worshipped as a, you know, a god. Yeah. Yes. Are you going to take time out of your day? It seems like a lot to bang a virgin commoner. It seems like a lot. Or are you going to wait for like 
a noble virgin and then make her your concubine. That seems way more likely to me. seems like a better expenditure of time and effort, you know? Yeah, because like I think about the Man in the Iron Mask movie with oh, like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. That's a conspiracy that's pretty cool that we could talk about at some point. But like, yeah. I mean, if you're that king, are you going to be... Seems like he's busy. Are you going to be banging the... Con, the, con, yeah. the Are you just going to be banging a random commoner? And like every for, wedding, every wedding you have to go and like... like I, I don't know. It seems I, like a lot. Seems like a lot. I'm, I don't have time today <laughs> to be doing any king stuff because there's been 400 weddings today and I have in, so many in Scotland alone. to slay. I have to go to Scotland. Yeah, plus yeah. it's like... And I don't mean to be gross, but like think about it's a lot virgin sexy time. It's yeah, well, yeah. It's not awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's just not great. The whole experience. So it's like, do you really can you really imagine these people wasting their time doing virgin sexy time that much? Yeah. It's not that awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? If if anything, yeah. it's I mean not awesome because what you really want is some girl to treat you bad and choke you. <laughs> and that's not going to be a, some random virgin commoner. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it just, yeah. it seems a little illogical. Yeah. To yeah. Me, you know? I mean, if you obviously it's like a, it. it's like an establishment of dominance. Sure. So the idea of the law being there is probably more important than any of it actually happening. I, I could see them doing it if it was like an important person. Sure. Like I have to come. Uh, okay. I got to leave my castle and take care of this and establish my dominance in this area. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. problem douche is getting married. I guess right. I need to go down there and bang his wife to show him who's number one. Right. You know right. what I mean? I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I wouldn't yeah. see him taking advantage of it on a mass scale. Yeah. Just like, like, oh, another or, or like in Braveheart. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. To me. Well, Why would I they think I think it could be argued that Braveheart was problem douche number one, like you were saying. I think that was the point of that whole that it was like an uprising. He was a problem. Yeah, I guess I yeah. would need to look back at like the timeline because was yeah. William Wallace really a problem at the time that he was getting married? Yeah, or, or did was he, he a problem one. later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz that was at the same cuz William Wallace was about the same time as um and there did that was, even happen? Like that's a big question too. Right. Yeah. Did that did that even happen? So anyways, the the prima nocta thing like that there was enough thought that these kings and queens were important enough that there there was these laws established that they imposed enough into like the life of their quote unquote fans, like followers, subjects, you know. And then when you follow the path of of monarchy, it essentially came up until you know the the late 90s with princess diana where you see the monarchy transfer into something like influencers you know basically and her death was one of those first like kind of internet moments where everybody stopped and looked at it and that was this big transfer moment where people started realizing that these people were celebrities and we looked back at it, you know, so we're back to the rise of kind of modern celebrities and, um, you know, it kind of really started with, uh, movie theaters. Okay. So basically if you go back to 1500s, 1600s, the only time anybody ever saw an image of someone larger themselves was in a very large painting. You know, that was the only, you know, kind of way you could do that. Sure. 
So you would see these gigantic Renaissance paintings, but you know, there were like five of those you know, and you could only see them in gigantic castles or like these very specific places. Sure. So the average person didn't have access to that. So what the average person, they never had access to. I until, mean, they had access to like plays and stuff. Right. If we're thinking but, about like Rose Theater, Shakespeare. Sure, but you go to the situation. Rose Theater and you see a person your exact same size standing 30 feet away from you. So there's no right. larger than life experience there. That didn't okay. happen until like the 1900s when people started going to movie theaters and they started seeing, you know, silver screen, 30 type. foot recreations of their own selves. I mean, not themselves, but they see other people, yeah. actors and stuff, 30 feet tall in front of them. And at the time, they're quote unquote larger than life. Yeah. And that's like a crazy thing because like the last time people saw something bigger themselves was like, gods or like giants or something. So it's like this weird thing your brain sure. has. Or if has you've to ever process. seen an elephant. Well, yeah. But if you saw an elephant the size of a human, it'd be or a human the size of an elephant, it'd be very weird. No, I mean I'm saying if you saw something larger than you. Oh well yeah. yeah. You know so, what I mean? So it's I feel like in the human experience, seeing a thing bigger than yourself. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. like but now it's like we have like the only things we would ever see bigger than us would be like mountains castles right giant animals yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly but yeah. now all of a sudden there's experience of you see a person but like 20 times larger than you yeah projected on a giant screen like the imax yeah. oh shit and then all of a sudden there's imax <laughs> yeah and then it takes IMAX. up your entire i i hate all of IMAX. your eyeball i hate imax yeah it's a, it's a lot so people saw these celebrities larger than life. And yeah. one of the one of the key moments that started really changing thing was that it wasn't just seeing a celebrity big, it was seeing them as characters. You see this actor or actress who is not themselves. They're acting like this character that you can interact with and fall in love with and right. and, and you know incorporate into yourself as something to sympathize with. Right. So it's this kind of false reality that they didn't see a lot of before because not everybody was going to plays, you know, you, you didn't have access to that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And so like at the time that movie film was really becoming big, I mean, at the same time it was like silent movies were first, yeah. but they would do newsreels with audio. And right. so like there's a lot of war happening at that time. So yeah. it's like you'd go see a silent film, but then they'd play a newsreel. Right. And it would be, and so not only are you seeing these people who were not themselves playing characters very large, you're seeing a uh, wartime video. Yeah. Huge. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You see these like, you know, actors and actresses playing characters and like all this stuff happening bigger in your eyeballs. And then we transition through the 1900s into like the fifties and sixties and you get stuff like Elvis and the Beatles and these are people who are, again, larger than life. And you see them on movie screens and you see them on TV and you see them all over the place. Yeah. And I feel like Elvis is a good one because like he started out as a musician yeah. and he was like a barrier breaker. Uh, absolutely. As yeah. a musician. But then all of a sudden he was this movie star. Yep. You know, and so you have this like, you know, there's this person who's already, you know, breaking barriers as a musician and yeah. like, you know, parents are out here being like, Oh my God, his hip, his hip shaking is right. The devil and ch right. children are going to fornicate. And he's like this thing that you shouldn't listen to and shouldn't have. And like yeah. all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he's just like 
huge movie star. And not only is he this thing you can't have from a music standpoint, now he's 30 feet tall on the silver screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it even like it goes beyond that because like, you know, Elvis has this like background story of like he was a he was in the military and he did all these crazy things. And then on top of that, like he has these skills that you can't replicate. Like he's an amazing singer and, and he plays guitar really well. And, you know, and he dances well, and he dances crazy and his hips draw all the ladies. And then you he know, started doing that Vegas yeah. show thing. And, and, it, like, and it's yeah. like and you look at them and the Beatles and together they're like in all these exotic places that you're never going to be. And you see yeah, all like this beach stuff. boys and stuff is all the same yeah, time. It's and like, they're all over the place. And then like, even, even when they like die, it's weird. Like it's crazy and different. Like look at John Lennon. He was like assassinated. Like how yeah. often does that happen? That's not a huge public thing. Like, yeah. And Elvis died on the toilet. Like who does that? Well, like, there's this you know, even theory out there that, Elvis, Elvis didn't die. Right. He's still alive. He's you still out I mean? there. You know? Yeah. It's like something it's like, like 8% Tupac's of Americans dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's 8%, just, yeah. I think it's like 8% of Americans think Elvis Chile. is alive. 14% <laughs> think Tupac's alive. It's like crazy. Yeah. Tupac's not dead. He lives in Chile or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's out there, you know? So, yeah. so you have he's like, wet pro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like from Elvis and like the Beatles and then like, you know, you have all like the seventies, the eighties, it moves into like pop stars of the eighties and nineties, like people like new kids on the block and like Nirvana and, and all these like, you know, crazy people. Yeah. The big like blockbuster type. So you have these like gigantic larger than life characters doing all this stuff. And this is all still like pre-internet. So like people are limited with how they can interact with these, you know, quote unquote characters pre-internet they're out there just all they can see them is is magazines and when they show up on tv being aired at special times they can't just go out it's not like they can just go to youtube and be like festival with freddie mercury you know so it's not out there this creates this like scarcity of personality scarcity of availability where they're only able to kind of be with them in a limited way and then Outside of music, you had the kind of 80s and 90s supermodels, you know, Cindy Crawford and the and like the big five, like Christy Turlington, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, Claudia oh, Schiffer. Yeah. You know, they were like Sports Illustrated models, yeah, like Victoria's Secrets models. Yeah, they like called them the big five. And like and, yeah. but not just them, like all these huge models that pretty much they literally destroyed like every young girl's sense of self-worth throughout the eighties and nineties. Well, even to today, even today, we'll get into that a little bit, but yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll get into that a lot, but like, you know, throughout the eighties and nineties, because the only time you saw these, and I'm going to call them characters like these nineties supermodels. The only time you saw these characters was when they were a hundred percent fully prepared and they were in full makeup posing and that was the only time you saw them to interact with them yeah. because they didn't have Instagram. They didn't have live video. They didn't have all these different ways to interact yeah. with their audience. You literally saw them in like Pepsi commercials and the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I mean, the only time you see them is in the best shape of their life. Yeah. Fully made up, wardrobe done, makeup yep. done. Like all the way out the there. The best like, that yeah. they'll ever look ever. Yep. And then you're over here being like, I wish I could look like that. Right. And like that was the start of like photo retouching. Like, you know, when they started really Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Like when they started really digging into that stuff. The difference between then and now is that now 
all of these consumers can basically come in and nowadays you just go onto YouTube, you go to Google, you can, you can look for whatever you want. So like if you want to interact with Billie Eilish, you go to her Twitter account. I mean, bad example. I don't know if she has a Twitter account or whatnot, but you can go yeah, to Twitter. I don't know a single thing about her. So yeah. No. So I mean, you can go to Twitter and be like, Hey, I just heard your song. It's cool. And like, you know, there's a chance she could respond to you. You know, that's like a thing that could happen. You know, I've tweeted it authors I like and like have started conversations with them, you know, so I always get really surprised when somebody like quote unquote big replies to me over the internet. Yeah. There's a particular guitarist that I follow, Andrew Baina. He's one of the guitarists from this death metal band, doom, doom core band uh, called yeah. Carcosa that I really like. Okay. I mean, this dude has like 40,000 Instagram followers and he replies to my messages. Nice. Not, every once in a while, but frequently. Yeah. I message awesome. asking him questions, commenting on videos and stuff like that. And he talks back to me. That's cool. And I think it's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like one of the few positive sides of all of this, you know, one of the biggest problems and like, you know, just overall why it's bad for quote unquote fans. One of the things is parasocial relationships. And so there's this guy, Dr. Mark Griffiths from, Nottingham Trent University who he he's a specialist in fandom and celebrity worship which I didn't know was like a thing you could specialize in on an academic level but there you go so he had this to say about the transition to modern celebrity from past celebrity and how influencers work today he uh, he said quote I think social media is certainly one influence among a number of others the rise of mass media means that we've had what we call parasocial relationships with famous people. That means we feel as if we know them, even though we've never met them. We know the intricacies of their whole lives. We read about them in magazines, see their posts on social media, watch documentaries about them. People can develop emotional relationships with celebrities as a result. So what does he have to say about this effect on young people? We know that young people are not as engaged with politics, so they just don't trust politicians, and it's linked to the rise of social media. Celebrities have more poll and more followers than somebody like Theresa May will ever have. I'm not in a position to say whether people should be more interested in X or Y. Certain things in life make people feel good. As humans, we seek out things that get us high, aroused, excited, or we seek out such things which tranquilize and numb us. Celebrities tend to give us that thrill. So he's basically saying young people are disengaging from things like politics and following celebrities because it gives more of a thrill, which, you know, is obvious if you step back and look at it. Right. And I think we talked about this a little bit before where we're like the celebrity opinion has such a high weight yeah. on the typical person right. where they can come out and be like, support this charity and not this charity or yeah. support this political view and not this political view. Right. You know, and then, which Even, can be good or bad sometimes. Yeah. And um, recently there was a study of 437 Hungarian adolescents and uh, they found that's that... That's not like a, a random group of people. <laughs> yeah, just like like grab 437 people from Hungary. Hungarians. Uh, so yeah, so a university there did this study where they essentially found people that had high levels of celebrity worship and they found that there was like this through line and almost all of them experienced and uh, and had serious problems with self-image issues. Clearly, you know, just like body image issues and all these other things just from being engaged with celebrities. Yeah. And they also found that 
a, a lot of those same people, it overlapped that they had uh, problematic internet use, maladaptive daydreaming. Basically, uh, they're daydreaming so much that it screws up their own life and a desire to be famous. You know, recently, not recently, a couple of years ago, BBC did a, uh, a huge uh, kind of survey of, of young kids in the area and they found 87% wanted to be YouTube influencers and didn't have secondary job choices. That was what they wanted. You know, oh, wow. they, there was no backup plan, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a very difficult thing to be. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, what's his name? Mr. Beast makes videos joking, basically, just yeah. about them going around Twitch, finding people with no viewers. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And, like, that's yeah. 99% of Twitch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, there's a... There's a link, I forgot what it is, but you can go and you can log on to it'll 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 log you into Twitch to somebody who currently has zero views. Yeah. It's called like zero view or something like that. It's okay. zeroview.com or something. It just bounces you into it. Okay. And I I thought it was fascinating. One day I jumped in there and I I jumped from people and probably eighty percent of the ones, as soon as I clicked on it, they were instantly like, Hey, how'd you find my name? Like they were just like there waiting for me, you know. Yeah, and I'm nobody. Like I just pop in, and they're just like, "Hey, hello, viewer." You know, it's like yeah, okay. it's like they're a little too like, "Oh fuck, somebody's watching me." Yeah, exactly. And so, what this Hungarian study found was that people that are taking part in this like celebrity worship or paying too much attention to celebrities in general, yeah, they tend to have other issues and and have compulsive behavior, and it kind of all compounds. And so it just builds up. So like they have all these anxiety issues, all these other problems and, and body image issues from, from seeing unrealistic depictions of the human body. And, you know, and that's why it's bad for the people who are the viewers, you know, and then we flip the script onto the celebrities. Well, and, let me ask you a question yeah. real quick before we get to the show. Oh yeah, sure. Are, are you the kind of person who has like star shock or whatever? You know what, what I mean? What do you mean? Where it's basically like if you ever actually meet a celebrity, you get all like weird oh. and awkward and don't act like yourself and be all like, no, I mean, I worked weird in the, and shit. I worked in the entertainment industry. So like, I mean, I worked in an office where people were like Slash and Enrique Iglesias and, you know, would like to show up. They would just come in because like that's their talent managers worked there. Okay. You know, so I would be in the office and they, like making a cup of coffee and they would come up and ask me how to show like show them how to get a cup of coffee you know so yeah and you know in los angeles you you get this like jaded vibe jaded yeah exactly where it's there's like, celebs everywhere yeah like the the first week my my wife and i moved to los angeles we went to this little lebanese place and the only other person in the lebanese place was uh rory from gilmore girls you know alexis bladell you know oh, she was the only right. other, she was the only other person in the place you know so it was like we're just and y'all like, didn't do the southern thing and was like, do you want to like? No, it was like <laughs> no, it was like it was. We were just like, hey, there's that person, and that's that. You yeah, know? And, and you just leave them alone. I yeah, feel like exactly. most of them want want to just be left alone. A hundred percent is exactly what they want, you yeah. know. And then you know, I worked in West Hollywood, where like next to my office was the workout place for celebrities, and so there was a like a juice stand right next door. So I would go in there and like every day it was like a different celebrity and they're getting juice. And like the Starbucks place across the street was just like an endless stream of celebrities, you know? So, okay. You get kind of used to it and it's just 
I mean, actually at some points it becomes just kind of annoying because like there's a lot of tourists around and you're like just trying to get your life done and out of the way and like all these other there's people are tourists in the falling way and all stuff. over the yeah so it's like it's you do get jaded by it pretty quickly and like yeah. once you see a couple of people who are quote unquote famous it's just kind of like eye roll it's like oh yeah whatever unless you know? i saw julia roberts well yeah i mean she is she is the pride of i mean yeah. i would like <laughs> tackle she is a pretty woman I'm, I'm not sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't really get you know starstruck. Yeah, is what they call it. Which, I don't, I which, don't really get starstruck. I've I've met some people do, some people don't. You yeah, know, I mean, I've never really met any actors or anything like that. Yeah. But I've met a lot, a, a bunch of musicians. Yeah, and, and a bunch of like famous musicians. And like every time I meet one, I'm always just like, you know, they're always like fuck, I just don't want this person to act like I'm famous. You know what I mean? They yeah, just, that's they 100%. They just want you to be chill. Yeah. Or like, you know, they're just people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, I feel like they, and this is a good tie-in to like the, how it affects them is like, yeah, you know, they just don't want people over here like drooling over them yep. and like acting like they're any gods yeah. essentially or whatever. Like I met Travis Barker in high school and I was just like, let me just shake the hands with the dude, say hi, have a conversation, yeah. let the guy go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't need to be over here being like, oh my God, I love Blink Way so, <laughs> so much. You're my favorite band. I can't wait. I'm going to your concert tonight. I can't wait. To do little, little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't want that or need that. And like, I've met a bunch of what I would consider famous musicians because I follow them. Right. You know what I mean? But like, they're not famous in the like Metallica terms of yeah. or Beatles terms of famous or whatever. And when I do meet them, I like like it's the same thing. I'm always just like, you know, they're just they just want to like hang out and like be normal. And I like to me, it's like it's better to just be like, hey man, can I like buy you a beer? You want to chill? And yeah. they're always just like, yeah. But if you yeah. walk up to him and you're like, oh my god, you're my favorite musician. Oh, I'm freaking out. You know, like they hate that shit. You yeah, know? and it probably helped that. I was a music journalist for years before I moved to Los Angeles, you know, so I was interviewing yeah. like you were kind of used to this whole starstruck thing. Well, I was, before, I was interviewing like, like band members and musicians for years before I even like went out to Los Angeles. And like, yeah, if you're working for a magazine and you have to call and interview somebody, you can't just be like, Oh my God, you're the best. Like, you know, you have to have like, like, okay, on your third album, you did this. And like, you know, you have to like, be prepared for yeah. that. So it's well, like, you have like this like journalistic integrity thing yeah. going on. Oh, because you'll never get... Because their PR company is on the phone too listening to you. And if you're like starstruck, they're just going to put your name on a list and you're not going to get interviews anymore. Yeah, they're just going to hang up on you and then oh, put 100%. you on the interview blacklist. But yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, so... Yeah, but, but if, if you're, you're chill... <laughs> you have Which you have to pretend like you're chill. So like it just... Even if you're freaking you. out. Yeah. And Devin's, you know, my, my wife's the same way. She was a journalist for years before I was. And then we were on no, the same thing. So it's like, it's, it's interesting. It's, yeah, you know, you just kind of build up this thing. So, and that's, I think the fact that, yes, celebrities just want to be left alone, essentially. <laughs> and yeah. like, just want you to be a normal human being when you interact with them. Like, you don't want to walk up to them and be like, can I sniff your eye? You know, and like <laughs> clearly like <laughs> they don't I want that. How does your nose feel in my mouth? You know, you don't want to like be that person. So yeah. like I have a couple of examples of like why it's really bad for celebrities, this whole situation. Okay. 
And so the first is uh, a friend of the podcast, Taylor Swift. Um, oh, is she really? <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. And so I, I hope Taylor Swift listens to this. Like, yeah. that'd be cool. Uh, not really. I mean, I don't even really listen to her music, but <laughs> that'd be cool if she did. Like, sure. I'd be into it. So Taylor Swift had this apparently human garbage of a person named Frank Edward Hoover. They always have three names, like the creepy folks. Frank Edward Hoover. He uh, he took being a completely aggressive fan to a whole new level in 2015 when he started sending Taylor Swift's dad disturbing letters promising to kill the entire family. Hoover referred to himself as the quote unquote real son of God and he called the Swifts the quote unquote evil family of devils and he wrote that this article is not a joke and is why God is going to burn them into the desert. Something from TMZ he was referring to. And TMZ is quoting a hundred page indictment of when this dude got arrested. Holy so shit. So you know if it's a hundred page <laughs> indictment, he had a lot to say. Yeah. This dude wrote like a full on Ted Kaczynski manifesto about 100%. how he was gonna like wear Taylor Swift's face as a mask. Yeah. So it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You know oh this guy like ran the official subreddit too, probably or something. Oh my god. He was probably the president of like the Taylor Swift I'm sure. fan club. So he got arrested in 2016 after uh, following her uh, Taylor Swift and her family from the concert venue to the airport where they were supposed to schedule a private plane. And uh, he got to about 20 feet of the uh, car before the singer's bodyguards. I guess they recognized him from lurking around. Yeah. And they grabbed him and started asking him questions. And he said that uh, he was just there to take a photo of her and then he led on that he was also possibly there to accompany her wherever she wanted to go. He ended up getting 10 years in prison after they found his uh, manifesto. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's so just forewarning. Yeah. That's don't just do that. Yeah. And that's just one dude who's following Taylor Swift around. I mean, there's a, there's another dude in federal prison right now who sent her uh, emails and letters saying that he wanted to rape her and cut her apart as soon as he could get her by herself. And wow. that's just another guy who's in prison. So that's I mean, some like Marilyn Manson level shit. Yeah. So Which I, yeah, should we get into that? The stuff going on with Marilyn Manson right now or should we wait? Maybe not. Maybe we should wait on that. All right. Well, let's come back to the Marilyn Manson stuff because this shit's bonkers. Yeah. So second example, uh, Justin Bieber, another friend of the podcast. God, I, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so this, um, this other guy was arrested for plotting to kidnap and mutilate Justin Bieber because he refused to respond to his fan mail. Oof. This guy was interviewed while in prison uh, and it was added in the article. They didn't, they didn't mention his name due to legalities, but they did mention that he had a large lifelike tattoo of Justin Bieber on his leg. And he told an interviewer from, uh, from the Atlantic that if he was free, here's what he would do. Quote unquote, put Bieber in a cage, rape him repeatedly and put it on YouTube. He also was recorded as telling fellow inmates that he would pay upwards of $2,500 for one of Justin Bieber's testicles. That seems undervalued. Uh, I mean, just yeah, I, guess I don't so. know. I mean, I don't know. It depends on the value you put on celebrity, John. <laughs> depends on the value you put on celebrity <laughs> testicles. I guess I don't know. There's probably a whole black market celebrity testicle, you know, probably. 
So, I mean, those are just two, like literally I just Googled like worst celebrity stalking experiences <laughs> and those were the top two and the list was literally endless. Like yeah. any celebrity you can name, they were on this list. I mean like Ben Stiller and like people like you don't think of on a day-to-day basis. They were on this list with like horrible experiences of people wanting to like basically cut their eyeballs out just because they were famous. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, that's scary. Yeah, I mean clearly the whole celebrity worship thing's not working out for the celebrities either. You know, yes, they're getting all this money, but every time they turn a corner, there's some dude lurking in a shadow with a knife ready to like mutilate them. You know? Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Paris Hilton's documentary earlier last year during COVID. Yeah. And her talking about, you know, how horrible the paparazzi was and that her figuring out that she could sell pictures of herself. More right. than the paparazzi was making, like yeah. Just imagine what that would do to you. You know what I mean? To have these like people with cameras following you around all the yeah. time because people are just like lusting after every little weird, goofy picture of you, right? And then figuring out, oh, I can hire somebody to take pictures of me and then sell them to the tabloids. Yeah. Leak for, them, do the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of celebrities figure that out. You know? Yeah, that just that shit just sounds mind boggling to me. Yeah, you know. it's it's crazy. I mean, it's um, you know, there's some celebrities that like they write profanity on their face and like do these weird things. I think Marilyn, you were talking about Marilyn Manson. I think, I think yeah. he wrote like the f word on his face so that like Getty couldn't resell the images of him leaving a building once or something. Oh, that's yeah. I hadn't heard that one. That's weird. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it's it's not a good mental state for anybody involved. You know. Right. And the people doing the worshiping are having horrible mental issues with decline where their their body image is shot. They get anxiety from it. They don't know how to interact on a day-to-day normal basis because they're like having maladaptive daydreaming where they're like not even able to interact with their day-to-day lives because they're overthinking what the celebrity might have to do. And then on the celebrity side, these people are basically having to hire bodyguards because people want to cut them into pieces and like, you know, rape the other little parts. And it's just, it's just horrible for everyone, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know if there even is a solution. I don't think there is because there's so much money involved that I don't think anybody who's making a dollar off it is going to give up that situation, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's three, if we want to kind of take this in like a similar but different direction, but not run it out because I think we're getting close to the end of the show here that I can kind of think about as like the other way we can think about how poorly this type of situation goes is that celebrities because they're celebrities can just get away with right stuff. Yeah. And some of it's horrible. And the top three that I can kind of think about that are all in the similar realm are R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, oh, and now uh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. That we're kind of finding out that, you know, if we think about, and I don't know the details about well, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you know, there's a million yeah, of them. You yeah, know? yeah, they go on. But like, I know in fairly deep, I don't know a ton about Michael Jackson's because I never yeah. really followed him. But I know in a, a fairly high amount of detail about, you know, R. Kelly and uh, Marilyn Manson because right. um, they were fairly similar. Like right now, currently at the time we're recording this, there's a bunch of information coming out about Marilyn Manson having abused Evan Rachel Wood for years and years and years. 
and just how severe that abuse was and how yeah. he somehow was able to stay in the music industry and people other than like suburban moms who were condemning him through all of these years didn't really care. And he right. just continued to make music even though he was over here literally giving interviews to like Wired saying that he was like, he fantasizes about murdering her. He would call her up to 160 times a day yeah. while self-mutilating and, you know, you know, trying to tell her Scary. that, uh, you know, her leaving him or causing him pain was making him do this and all, you know, all this horrible, manipulative, abusive stuff. Yeah. And then for anybody who's watched like, you know, R. Kelly's documentary, I mean, how many years did it take? Right. And how many girls being abused and kidnapped and held hostage in his, you know, mansion, being starved and abused yeah. and stuff? Did it take for him to get, you know, uh, you know, to even have a single lawsuit stick against right. him? Which I don't think a single one has stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And you I mean, know what I mean? And, but yeah. like money because of their, yeah. right. But because of the money and the celebrity status and stuff, these people walk while they're just doing this horrible stuff. Yeah. Like think about the mental state of the people this happens to the mental state of the artist. And then the fact that there's this whole culture of people out there being like, Oh, well, I mean, you know, our Kelly man, Marilyn Manson write great songs. So what do I care if they're, abusing, right. if they're abusing people? Yeah. You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like I, people like, Oh, Polanski made great movies. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's like, it's just a weird situation all the way around. I mean, imagine if it was like Jim who manages the mechanic shop, like, Oh man, he could really rebuild a carburetor too bad about raping all them women. You right. know, it's like, it's, that, I mean, that dude be buried in, of course, so fat, which yeah. I mean, you know, the psychology of rape is a whole other different well, yeah, yeah. thing to talk about. Yeah. You know, cause that dude may not actually necessarily right. get strung up, but, um, the right the right thing would yeah. be that that person was but you know yeah. i mean there's other stuff to consider there but you know i i think looking at the idea of you know capital c celebrity and all of that is wild because it just shows they're not getting off scot free because they have problems, mental health. You know, you see every day, like look at Britney Spears. She freaked out, shaved her head and like ran away. You know, the older still- I get, the more I understand shaved head Britney Spears. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I think we all understand her. Yeah. yeah. We didn't understand her at the time. No, but we, but we sure do, shit now. do now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, run the gamut with it, you know, and it's, you know, we're talking about mental health. It's just there. There's not a happy situation for a lot of people. Like you know, you know, you mentioned Harrison Ford earlier. Like he's one of those only people that like you don't really see. Like you don't see stuff about Harrison Ford like ripping up the town or doing bad stuff. You know, right? Because he yeah. he carefully controls the output of what people find out. You know, yeah. I mean, you see him as being, uh, you know, uh, Han Solo. You see him yeah. as being in. Uh, um, Indiana Jones, right. but you don't see the other stuff. I mean, in in that same like Star Wars vein, I mean, you, if we want to talk about celebrities with mental health issues, I mean, Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, you know, of course, I mean, yeah. we see her as being Princess Leia. She was this young, beautiful, vibrant actress who did yeah. all this great stuff. But what you didn't see behind the scenes was 
the drug abuse, the mental yeah, health problems that yeah, she problems. had, you yeah. know, the struggles that she had with it. And her daughter has really come out and tried over the years and tried to, you know, say like, you know, this is what happened to my mom through being famous, Yeah, you know, and it, it, it really wasn't good for her. It wasn't good for me. And it ended up, in, right. you know, having just like such long reaching and severe side effects. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation and there's no real answers to it because there's just buckets and buckets of money involved. So, I mean, everybody's, everybody's perfectly happy to sit and watch it keep going because everybody's making money off of it, you know? Right. It's like you want to be famous, but do you really know what it means right. to be famous in that way? Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't want people following me around. Like I'm Ugh. happy having my secluded life. I don't like my, my dog following me around. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Every so often I turn around and be like, <laughs> what are you are looking you, at me for? Bro, why are you following me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just my dog. Like I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I know it's a big problem and I know it sucks. I mean, it's I really don't think that there is a solution. I think the yeah. same situation is going to continue to happen forever. It's just the way people are. There's musicians, there's artists, there's actors, there's yeah. actresses, there's whatever out there. And if yeah. there's somebody doing something better than what you're doing or doing something that makes money or something that people blow up, like, you know, yeah. that's going to just make you feel like you're not good enough and they're going to you know, have mental side effects from becoming quote unquote larger than life. So, yeah. And I mean, go all the way back to King Tut, you know, there was somebody willing to like walk into a chamber with him and starve to death, you know, yeah. and sit next to him as he died. Well, I mean, he was already dead, but like sit next to his dead body as they starved to death. You know, there were people, there were a dozen people willing to do that, you know? So yeah, it's been around forever. I don't think it's going anywhere. And it sucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Reluminati. Uh, we will talk to you again next week. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind the scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash brewluminati podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will because, again, mind control is real. Mind control is real.